Howdy, and welcome to episode two of the Marketing Chops podcast. Looks like it is officially winter out there, and I hope everybody is staying warm. All right, um, before we get started on the uh, topic at hand, one of the things I forgot to mention in my inaugural uh, episode was one of the things I'm doing intentionally with this podcast is trying to do it for no cost. Um, I know a lot of times, you know, people want to start a podcast or want to start content or something like that, small businesses, and, you know, all the guides say, oh, you got to buy all this equipment, you got to buy all this software and all this stuff. Well, I basically came up with a way to do this podcast for no cost at all using an app on my iPhone, the standard headphones that come with the iPhone, and um, just making up some graphics on uh, for using some free apps to... Uh, promote my cover art and stuff like that, promote it on social media and everything like that. Um, in the in the interest of full disclosure, I did spend 21 whole bucks on a little microphone, and that's just mainly because I think I want to give it a, give a, filming these podcasts um, on my MacBook using GarageBand a shot here and there. But um, being, being more of a mobile guy, I... You'll probably hear about 90% of these, you know, um, recorded on my iPhone using just my old iPhone 7 here um, and the headphones that came with the iPhone. Yeah, and don't rag on me for having an iPhone 7. I have, don't, I actually, believe it or not, you know, real quick, the iPhone 7, I, I like the aluminum. I don't like the glass back. My mother-in-law got an 8 and it has a glass back. It's already cracked already. But anyway... All right, well, on to the topic at hand, meeting your audience, figuring out who your audience is. Do you even have a clue who they are? You need to get to know your audience before you can even think about marketing to them, okay? Now, let's let's dig into how you do it, but before that, I want you to think about getting organized. You need to use notes, spreadsheets, databases, graphics, or whatever... However best you digest information, because when you research your audience, you're going to be coming into quite a bit of information. So if you have, want to keep a spreadsheet, how, you know, however best you kept information. I know, you know a lot of us weren't, didn't, didn't do too, didn't do, weren't the best students in school or whatever like that. So you know, organization chops aren't 100% there. But you know, ask someone to help you that's organized um, to be able to figure out how to put this information together. You know, you're going to want to, you know... Have a sort, have a way to look at the information objectively, maybe map it out, graph it out, and that way it gives you a big, big picture of who your audience is. Um, one thing for organization, I'm kind of a big fan of, is a big old whiteboard. I like to just brainstorm on it, write all kinds of stuff on it, and everything like that. It gets ugly sometimes, but uh, a whiteboard's a good thing for me. Just figure out what best keeps you, gets you organized so you can digest this information easily and actually take action on it, okay? Because here's the thing. The first thing you're going to need to do is conduct research. <laughs> yes, I said the word research. Yes, it isn't just for middle school science projects anymore. For those of you that weren't fans of science, you might see it coming back because, you know, you might use a little bit of the scientific method in this or not. However, you conduct your research, but um, so how do you? How are you gonna conduct research? How are you gonna figure out who your audience is? What makes them tick? 
Well, basically, you're going to want to first start with just asking questions. Um, you know, fig, you know, ask your questions. What you know, what your audience wants, what they expect from you, like on you know, a service call or when you're providing service to them, and also remember the questions that they ask you commonly. Write those down so you have a you'll you know get a list of questions that both your customers ask you and you're going to ask your customers so you understand kind of what's in their head and where they're coming from. Okay, so you know ask and answer. Do a little do a little creative interviewing every once in a while and just chat up your customers. You know because they're going to be your best source of help and information. Okay. Another thing you can do is simple observation. Okay, this this actually works pretty well, and I've recommended this for some for some clients who've had retail operational little stores, something like that. Just sit outside your store for a few minutes every day, or not every day, but periodically, or even sit in your store and just kind of keep an eye on your customers on how they walk through your store, how they approach your store. Like, do they do they look like they're in a hurry? Or do they look like they come and browse? Stuff like that, because all that information can help you figure out maybe how to lay out your location, lay out your operation, um, you know, stage and visual merchandise and that type of thing. You know, if you're if you're a retailer, um, you know, observe, you know, it's kind of hard if you're like a service provider to observe your clients or whatever like that while you're working. But, you know, figure out like if you have, say, for example, you're a plumber, HVAC person, electrician, like that. And you, you have more often than not clients that are kind of looking over your shoulder. Um, maybe think about that for a second. May, are you putting off a vibe that you're not that that's making them not completely trust you and just leave you alone to do your job? Um, or you know, are you are they not even watching you? And maybe that just means that they're not they're just not interested in what you're doing. You know, that'll give you a lot of insight into you know, who your, who your customer, who your audience is. Um, for example, you have the ones that look over your shoulder a lot, you know, maybe try, you know, explain to them what you're doing or answer their, you know, or say, do you have any questions about what you're seeing here, what I'm doing, that kind of thing. Because maybe they do have questions, not afraid, they're just afraid to ask. Or maybe they're going off of what they saw on Google and comparing it to what you're doing, which is probably something that requires some clarification. Um... One thing I did um, I did talk about recently is look at online reviews for not only your company, but pick a few of your main competitors and also pick an industry leader. Some basically the industry leader is going to be the company that you are kind of neck and neck with when you've quote unquote made it. Um, you know, and look at what their chief complaint is about your your company and your competition. And also what the, the chief compliment is. And you can figure out a way to capitalize on that. Now, a quick exercise you can do with this that probably... I've done it a few times and it's never taken me more than an hour is... Pick a few, pick three three competitors and then pick an industry leader. Each one rip out a sheet of paper for and draw a line down the middle. And on one side compliments, the other side complaints. Start, go one, go, you know... Competitor by competitor by competitor, then do yourself and list the list the uh, you know top top compliments, top complaints, and 
figure out what the top three compliments and top three complaints for each are. And I almost guarantee that you're going to see a pattern. And from that pattern, look at, well, there's a ways that I can do the job better or is there ways that maybe I can push past my competition. And also, what... Where, where are your audience's concerns? What are they concerned with most? Um, are they concerned with promptness, price, good service, any of the P's there? And figure that out, okay? Um, another thing that kind of goes in line with the, um, with the reviews is read, the social me- read social media posts, both about your company and your competition. What's, you know, what, what are the comments? What's the buzz out there? You know, just spend some time listening. Don't really sweat the commenting at this point, but the listening. Because you'll, you'll eventually start seeing patterns of how your audience sees things and how kind of their worldview of things. Okay? Um, another way would be conduct surveys. Now, kind of a caveat here with surveys is don't... you see We see surveys a lot like, you know, how was your level of service, you know... Excellent, okay, kind of crappy, really crappy, and it's like a five-point scale thing. I hate those. I'm not a big fan of those because basically you're either going to get a totally positive or totally negative or neutral. You're not going to get a good, clear picture of what's going on, okay? So really, those suck and will get you nothing, okay? Ask open, put some open-ended questions on your surveys and require answers. If you're doing online surveys, make it to where the answer is required. So it kind of pushes people to answer the questions, okay? Or with surveys, do them interview style. You know, say, hey, do you have a couple minutes for me to just ask you some questions about my company service and this, you know, what you're looking for in this service provider or something like that? And as they let them talk and jot down the answers, okay? Trust me, that'll get you a heck of a lot better insight than... You know, the five-choice model, which, uh, seriously, that's not going to get you any insight unless you're just trying to fill number brackets and you you're, you're, you don't really care about your business at that point, okay? Um, another one is a really good source is take a look at potential clients or potential customers that ended up not hiring you, purchasing from you, or using your business. Um, you know, is there, a com- is there something common along among them or what is the difference between those and the ones that did hire you? Chances are you'll see you'll see a something of a something sort of a sort of a trend in there. Okay, um, where is your audience? Do you, what's you know where do they live? Are you a hyper local business, a community business, a regional? Are you an online business that does things around the world? So that's going to add to the number of audiences you have based on um you know based on the demographic data and the region data okay so understand that if you're hyper local and you know there's some places like a little small like barbershop or a like small dentist or something like that where they're pretty hyper local everybody's you know most of their customer base is going to come within from within 10 miles around them okay so un- they need to understand that that their local area and their region their community so what do they need? You know, do they just need your service or do they need some kind of some a little extra that maybe you can kind of add a value added service to, for example? Um, 
you know, like if you're if you're a plumber and happen to know a good HVAC guy, a lot of times they'll ask for that. So, you know, maybe partner with someone that kind of adds a value-added service. So, you know, that way you can offer that information up. Um, you know, how do they seek out a service they need? Do they ask for recommendations from friends or family? Do they go to the internet? Do they go to Google? You know, every dem every demographic is going to have a, t- a top three way of how they search for and find find your company. Okay, so understand understand that. Okay, what are the what are what are their primary values? Okay, do they value price over service? Do they value a brand promise or an experience? Um, you know, a lot of the younger generations really value a company being socially and politically responsible. So, you know, understand that. So you want to understand what are their values and how does that transcend into their buying, their buying, you know, decisions, their purchase decisions. Now, with all this information, and of course, also while you're doing this, see, and I always bring up the demographic data kind of on the tail end of whenever I talk about audiences, because that's pretty simple to gather. Okay, you're, you're, you know, age, gender, income bracket, occupation, just the demographic data is usually pretty easy to gather, okay? You can gather that by looking at your customer base and just jotting down a recollection, okay? You're going to quickly see a pattern there for your demographic data. The data I'm talking about here is the psychographic data as far as what drives their purchase decisions, where their head's at, what they're thinking, what their value set is. That's what's going to take a lot more time to understand. So like your demographics, a lot of times is what you use to figure out what channels you're going to communicate with them on. The psychographics is going to go into how you communicate, okay? Um, How your tone is, how you're perceived, okay? So, you know, while demographic data is important to figure out where you're going to hit them at, Psychographics is how you're going to do it, and I think that's that's even more important. So that's why you know, rightfully so, it's it takes a little bit of research time to figure figure that out. Now, one thing to understand here is you're going to have multiple audiences. Okay, a lot of times, at a bare minimum, a company is going to have a primary, secondary, and tertiary audience. So three audiences. And, you know, there's, there's a number of ways to kind of visualize your audience. And there's, you know, you Google buyer persona worksheet, um, audience worksheet or something like that. There's, there's worksheets all over. You can pick some. If you, want, if you need one, you know, drop me an email, AaronJWeese at gmail.com. Hit my website, AaronJWeese.com. I'll send you one I've used since my undergrad days when I was first building personas in my marketing classes. That's worked well for me, but, you know, have something fillable to where that way, once you compile this information, come up with three primary audiences, okay? At least three, no more than five. If you start getting more than five, you're really going to start kind of convoluting things. So I would say no more than three. If you're starting out, go to, um, just that way, you know, you're hitting, hitting all, hitting all your points and then you can kind of expand, Okay. So, and then, you know, do some research and say, okay, you know, what, you know, how do I communicate with these, you know, so you 
basically spend some time online and spend some time in these groups and figure out how to communicate what the value set is. Like that. And then from there, you can go forth and figure out your marketing, which is a complete other conversation. But for this podcast, I really just wanted to stick with, you know, doing the research, understanding what makes your audience members tick on a psychological level that goes beyond just the, you know, because most of the time when you think of audience, most people think, you know, 35 to 54 male income, 75 to 150K a year, managerial position, owns home, married, you know, two kids, something like that, okay? That data, that data is really easy to pull together, okay? But, you know, getting into who your audience really is on a deep level is going to take the time and the research and asking the questions. And that's the point I'm making is you take that time and that way, once you get to the point of figuring out your marketing strategy and putting that together, it's going to be a lot more efficient, a lot more effective. I guarantee it's going to cost you a lot less in missed missed opportunities and missed ad spends and ineffective marketing efforts. So, because chances are... If you take a close look, you may be marketing on, you know, one channel or a certain social media platform that your audience isn't even on. You know, a perfect example would be, say you're, you know, trying to hit your 18 to 24s on Facebook. Well, anybody, you know, anybody that knows anything about marketing is going to tell you, probably not the best place to try to hit the 18 to 24s hard. Okay. Or for example, if you're you know, 45 to 54, and you're trying to, trying to, you know, kill it on Instagram, probably not the best place to go either. Okay. Yeah. You could use those platforms for those, for, for those audiences, but you're not going to be very effective if you have to choose. Okay. So that's, that's, that's this episode. Think about, you know, how you're going to approach your, you know, understanding your audience, knowing your audience, how you're going to collect that data and how you're going to use that data. Because uh, you know, if you properly collect and use audience data, it's it's it, it's the probably the most effective thing in your marketing. And also understand, you're going to revisit this regularly. Audience, audiences shift and change, so you're going to want to conduct kind of maybe maybe a, like a mini a mini level of research every so often, six months to a year, something like that. Just kind of refresh refresh the data a little bit, ask some more questions, see if the information has changed. If it's changed, make those adjustments. Because chances are your audience now versus your audience five years from now are going to be two completely different animals. And you're not going to want to have to completely shift your marketing platform in five years. So I would recommend... Like regularly revisiting your audiences, tweaking your buyer personas, adding to a buyer persona. So that way you're making small tweaks to who your audience is and how you're marketing to them. So you're not having to make a big shift or, you know, only make a change after you realize your marketing has been ineffective for X number of months or years. So, all right, that's my spiel. You like the podcast, hit subscribe. Hit my website, AaronJWeese.com, and you can also visit further episodes of this podcast at anchor.fm slash AaronJWeese. All right, until next time, take care.